Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Friends, this is the last midweek streaming guide episode of Fantasy NBA Today. How did we get to this point? Oh, I know. For roughly, I think it was four, weeks of intense stream discussion supplemented by game recaps and other weekend edition fun. I'm Dan Vespers. Thanks, as always, for tuning in, everyone. I really, again, I super do appreciate it. That's a cool way to say that, right? I'm sure that's I'm sure that's the coolest possible way I could have conveyed that. I really do. I really do. Uh, I did see that we were up, I think, three more reviews on iTunes over the last day or two, so that's pretty amazing. We actually have a shot at getting to 800 here before the regular season's over. Want to give a shout-out to a really funny review from The Measy, who wrote another chip. Thanks to Dan and Sports Ethos with the writing. Dan, we did it again. I'll be enjoying some mutton, a marble rye, and a glass of Hennigan's to celebrate. Thank you. You are most welcome. And I felt like when I saw that review, I had to start this show by letting you guys know, and this person might know this i don't remember if if that's something that i've made quite evident but the marble rye lady from seinfeld was my cousin my uh grandmother's first cousin which i think makes her either my first cousin twice removed or my third cousin i don't actually know how that works but uh before she passed she was the host of family gathering in studio city once a year her name was francis bay she's the marble rye lady so enjoy your marble rye courtesy of the uh I think that the Silvert, I believe, was her maiden name. I might be getting that wrong. So, uh, welcome back. Thursday edition, Fantasy NBA Today, Sports Ethos presentation. Thank you again to everybody that's tuning in here, even at the end of the season. Next week, uh, we will... Next week, we're going to kind of pivot back into just straight, silly season nonsense. Final week of the regular season. And then after that, we roll right into lessons learned. So, again, there's no break. Can't stop, won't stop. There's no gr- there's no break. We go right from regular season into off season. This podcast rolls right on through. The only changes to keep in mind, uh, shows will be a bit shorter, kind of like the ones we've been doing here Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday during kind of the streaming part of our calendar. Mostly they'll be about 30-minute episodes, but again, it's Monday, Monday through Friday. Same kind of thing uh, as during the season. It's just different material. And I actually really like it for about the first five weeks. And then I really want the season to come back. And I'm starting to, I start my countdown in like, I mean, this is going to be our first real off season in like three years. It's going to feel long, folks. Brace yourselves. I would recommend betting on the playoffs. That's probably your one, one way to get through this thing. Uh, but let's start streaming guide because that's actually going to be really easy again today. Streaming guide is really easy because da 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 da. If you listen to yesterday's show, you know what I'm about to say. Don't do it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's it. Don't worry about it. You don't need to stream right now. You don't need to stream right now. Because it's Thursday. And as we talked about in yesterday's podcast, there are like a couple of very slight reasons to consider streaming today. If someone on your team got ruled out, for a couple of ball games, or if they're questionable, or whatever it might be, you can bail on that guy and just go get someone who has a bunch of games rest away. Cleveland still has three games left. Detroit still has three games left. Clippers, Lakers, Bucks, 
uh, Sixers. Remember, we, we went through this on yesterday's podcast. So, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Um, the other reason you might consider making a move today is if you have someone who goes Friday, Sunday, or just Friday. I don't think anybody goes just Friday. Nope, that's not true. Memphis goes just Friday. So if you have someone who goes just Friday or Friday, Sunday, you could abandon ship on those players and go to someone who goes today and Saturday. So you do gain a game that way. But, and I'm going to repeat myself. I know I, I, I know I said this on yesterday's show, so it's going to be a little bit annoying for you. But I still think it's a better idea to just wait. And since you're only going to be able to gain one game with whatever move you make today, tomorrow, Saturday, almost definitely not Sunday, because Sunday's an overload day, then you might as well just do it on Saturday. And it's hard because there's, there's this constant instinct, there's this constant want to make moves in the fantasy playoffs. You want to be doing stuff at every moment of every day. Sometimes you just kind of have to mellow out. And the reason I say that is, if you've been following along with the streaming guide and you picked up a bunch of guys on the teams I just mentioned, so it would have been the Bulls at the beginning of the week, the Cavs because they had a five-game week, uh, and then the Pistons, Lakers, uh, Clippers, Bucks, Sixers, that kind of stuff. Uh, or teams that went Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday and didn't have four games like Utah. Brooklyn was another one of them. Um, who the hell am I forgetting? It actually doesn't matter for this discussion. If you've been following along, those teams are the teams where you have your streamers anyway. What am I getting at? What I'm getting at here is the, the reason you want to make a move so badly today or even tomorrow on Friday is you want to get off of a player who's not performing as well as you'd hoped. Like, let's say you picked up, for me, one of my streaming teams, I, I grabbed Pat Connaughton on Tuesday, and he was horrible. So I come into today or even yesterday thinking, ah, how do I get off of this guy? But the problem is, he has the optimal schedule. He goes Thursday, Friday, tonight and tomorrow night. So whatever you're doing, you're not going to be gaining a game. So you have to be so sure that the guy you're picking up with, that's also going to have a maximum of three games the rest of the way, two of them on a non-overload day, you have to be so positive that the guy you're picking up is going to be over those two games, like at least a full streamer level game better than the guy you're dropping. Without having any extra games. So, you know, if we assume that Pat Connaughton and today and tomorrow, Brooklyn and the Clippers, let's say he goes for like 9-3-3 three, and three with a three-pointer in each of them, 18-6-6 six, and six with a couple of three balls over those two games, you have to be sure that whoever you're picking up over the next two games gets you to like 39-9. That's pretty big. Can you find a streamer that's going to definitely average 15, 4.5, and 4.5 over the next two days on one of these same teams we've been talking about that didn't get picked up on Tuesday? Who is this magical player? Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. 
Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. They're not out there. Unless there's an injury that pops up later on today. That's I was like, oh, by the way, you know, Chris Middleton was out, but that would have helped the guy we were talking about anyway. Oh, by the way, um, I don't know. Paul George is back for the Clippers, so everybody on that team took a big hit. I honestly don't know. Like, okay, maybe if they're like, oh, by the way, Corey Joseph is going to be out for the rest of the year. Okay, fine. Maybe switching over to Killian Hayes in those two games, he would be that much better than Pat Connaughton in two games where you'd actually kind of be gaining a game anyway. Or a much easier solution to this problem, instead of trying to game that out, is to wait until Saturday. And then you can drop him. You can drop anybody on your team on Saturday that doesn't play on Saturday and isn't in your top 10 on Sunday. That's pretty awesome. You should have at least five or six guys that you could potentially choose from there, and I'm assuming two or three of them probably aren't that great. Think about the teams that don't go, that play on Friday, that don't play on Saturday. It's most of the NBA. It's like 15 to 20 teams, I think, that play Friday but not Saturday. So then you're just looking at the teams to pick from on Saturday, and there are plenty of choices. There are 10 teams to pick from. On Saturday, you're going to have a really good idea of what categories you're attacking in your head-to-head matchup. So just use up the rest of your moves on Saturday. There just isn't that much compelling evidence to use your moves early. The only reason to do it is if you skipped episodes earlier this week, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday shows. Specifically, last Friday, this Monday, and this Tuesday. If you skipped all three of those shows and you didn't hear me yelling at you to use all your moves on Tuesday, okay, fine, you're in a brand new boat, and maybe you have someone. Actually, a good example of this is the team I'm playing against in one of my head-to-head leagues. Christian Wood got ruled out for the year. They threw him on injured list. And so, starting today, they just had an open roster slot. Fine! You have to pick someone up there. You have to pick someone up, and you need to do it soon, Because every day you wait, you have an empty roster slot. I'm not talking about those anomalies. I'm not talking about injury. I'm talking about if you've been doing the long stream thing, you shouldn't have someone to drop today or even tomorrow. But you should have someone to drop on Saturday. Someone on your team is droppable on Saturday. So that's your streamer stuff for today. Hey, reminder, please do drop that five-star review on the pod. If we can get to 800 before this season ends... I'm going to be freaking out with glee. And also hit me up on Twitter, at Dan Baspris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Or just search for Dan from Hoopball. That's always an easy way to locate me. I ain't going far. I'm not going far. All right, roto half of the schedule, because the streamer side was good. Oh, by the way, um, wanted to mention, for tomorrow, for Friday's show, we're not really going to be doing the long streaming guide for the weekend. We're going to be talking about 
this streaming stuff again, but I'm going to be looking at the best options for Saturday and then kind of getting us set up for silly season. So tomorrow's show is going to be a little bit of kind of a silly season setup, even though a number of players have already emerged on that front. All right, let's pivot into the Roto side today, which is basically nightly recap. Big Wednesday, 11 games to go through. Um, not a ton that we hadn't already explored. Dallas beat Cleveland 120-112. to 112. Cavs are starting a four-game and five-night thing right here, so uh, their guys played big minutes, but they actually pulled the plug like two minutes early. Darius Garland, Karis LeVert, Larry Markin, and all those guys came out with about two and a half minutes to go, down eight, or, eight to ten points, I think, and they just said, look, we're like, you know, one out of 25 times we might come back in this ball game. We've got a game again tomorrow. We got to be well enough rested to even compete in that one. Lavert's in the starting lineup. He's good. Moses Brown is an interesting one because Evan Mobley got ruled out basically for the rest of this week. Brown's not going to get enough minutes to be a big time fantasy contributor. And you saw it in this one. He got the start, piled up rebounds, field goal percent, but doesn't shoot free throws well. NBA players, legit NBA players, are not going to get blocked by him as often as when he's going in garbage time, which is kind of where his numbers have been in the past. And then you look over on the other side on the Dallas front, no Spencer Dinwiddie. This was a back-to-back, so that allowed Jalen Brunson to get a few extra shots, Dwight Powell, Dorian Finney-Smith. All those guys, everybody gets a little bit more when one of the main... But as far as Roto goes, I... You know, nothing really changes there. Dorian Finney-Smith is not someone I'm generally using on a night-to-night. I guess you could throw him in on a back-to-back. And with Dwight Powell... You know, he, he had a good ball game here, and he's been good for percentages lately, but he's splitting minutes with Maxi Kleba still. Christoph Porzingis, jumbo style. Missed some free throws, unfortunately. That put a very tiny damper on an otherwise massive line. Thank goodness he actually came back and bothered to play here down the stretch. KCP, Kristaps, those guys have been solid lately. Tomas Sadoransky double-doubled with rebounds and assists, took and missed two shots. If you were hoping for points out of Sato, you were not going to get them. But he is actually useful from a Roto specialist standpoint right now. And uh, they do seem to be better with him running the show. Rui Hachimura had two blocks, and that's probably his quota for the month. So, no, not taking a plunge there. On the Orlando side, Markel Fultz had one of his rare big games. I, I, Orlando's screwy at best. Screwy at best. Annoying, I think, at worst. Cole Anthony... Mo Bamba, Franz Wagner, those guys are startable right now. Chumo Kiki as a starter is okay. We'll see if Wendell Carter Jr. shows up at some point soon. Fultz is not someone you're starting right now. I know he had the big ball game here. So same general story. You know, on the Roto side, no changes there. And that's kind of been it for a lot of these teams. Denver, same general thing. Bones got going again, but he had had a couple of quiet games. Will Barton's actually warming back up, and when he's hot, you can generally start him. It does seem like he's been a tiny bit invigorated by the stretch run. Holy moly, Nikola Jokic. Good lord. <laughs> That's crazy. No Malcolm Brogdon again, so Tyrese Halliburton just racking up big ball games. 15 points, 12 assists, 5 boards, 4 steals, a block, good percentages. No threes in this one. As long as Isaiah Jackson is out, Goga Batadze is worth a start. Specifically because Miles Turner is done for the year at this point. Jalen Smith is startable. His minutes are not as secure, but he's been good enough in Roto. And uh, then Justin Anderson continues to just kind of hang on. Terry Taylor had a bigger ball game here. O'Shea Brissett was out. I don't. I'm not messing around with Indiana. Basically, beyond the obvious one. So Goga's someone you got to have on your team. Specifically, again on the Roto side. 
beyond the beyond Halliburton and Heald, obviously. Uh, I'd go Goga and Smith, and that's it, because the other guys are kind of in and out of having legitimate value. Charlotte, playing well down the stretch. This ballgame was close for a while, and then they opened it up late. Uh, no changes there either. Miles, Bridges, LaMelo, PJ, Rozier. Easy. I know Oubre had a better ball game, but he hasn't been reliable. Neither, nor has been Montres, Harrell, or Mason Plumley. So, yeah, move along. Evan Fournier woke back up. That's kind of a surprise from yesterday's card. He's been very cold. Is this the one that gets him going? Maybe. I don't know. Julius Randle's getting booed. Just shut him down, man. Shut the dude down so we can pick up Obi Toppin. Otherwise, everything remains the same. Fournier, you can start now that he's back on a heater. Alec Burks is startable as a starter. Quickly has been a go as a reserve. Mitchell Robinson's a go. Julius Randle's a go. Barely. R.J. Barrett, barely a go. Same kind of thing. It's weird right now. We had this big silly season switch that clicked like five days ago. And now everything's just been kind of cooling for half a week. Miami, I don't screw around with. I know Max Struess got the start. Stress, sorry. Um, with uh, the Jimmy Butler, who's been kind of quiet down the stretch. Actually, Miami's been weird. This is a big win for them to kind of get back on the right side of things. Bam was decent. Miami's, Miami's an odd duck. Duncan Robinson moved to the bench here, so I guess that's something. We'll see if that sticks. If that sticks, maybe you pick up Struss. He's interesting, and he's a better fantasy player than Robinson. But I just I don't see how he gets enough. And then five defensive stats? I don't know. I'd need to see it again. But this is something to monitor on the Roto side. Struss is something to monitor, at the very least. That gave us one thing on the board so far. Al Horford starting center for Boston, so you know that's going to be a juicy fantasy situation. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, those guys were fine, but not super spectacular in this one. Marcus Smart got ejected. Grant Williams just wasn't good. Miami's defense was locked in. I thought Grant would be better. Um, maybe use him against weaker defenses. Teams that'll just kind of leave him open in the corner, something like that. Toronto. This is interesting. Big blowout win over Minnesota. They just they took the Wolves out of what they wanted to do in this ball game. They took Cat out of what he wanted to do. Seven turnovers. D'Angelo Russell got taken out of what he wanted to do. Toronto's an interesting team. They they play they play kind of different. They play kind of different. So you got you sort of have to stay on top of it. Anywho. Um so Gary Trent's back in there. Freddie Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam. Barnes uh, came off the bench to start the second half. I don't think that's something that sticks. But obviously when this team's healthy, Chris Boucher's a drop. That's easy. Sacramento-Houston. Figured this would be a high-scoring game. It was. Damian Jones, big one. 24-9-5 with a steal and four blocks. Uh, I mean, this is, a, this is very much a high watermark for him. But if Sacramento's going to really fully embrace the starters then fine. Although Justin Holiday and Dante DiVincenzo, that thing continues to sort of pendulum drop back and forth, whatever the hell's going on there. DiVincenzo's been a little bit more reliable, but I don't think I want either of them. Lyles, Davian Mitchell, Harrison Barnes, those guys have been fine. Barnes was not as good in this one. Uh, but I think we're probably at a point now where you could look at Damian Jones. It depends a little bit on the competition for Sacramento. 
but he had 15 points, two games in a row. Doesn't actually block nearly as many shots as you might think as a high field goal percent, decent rebounding starting center. So the four in this ballgame, but they got Houston again in two days. So maybe you can just double up on it. And if you need boards and field goal percent, there's your guy. Trey Lyles, yeah, he's a go. Davion Mitchell, he's a go. That's good stuff. But that was, again, that's from last week. Houston shut down everybody. That was big news from, uh, from Wednesday morning. Uh, Eric Gordon, Christian Wood. Who am I forgetting? Everybody. Everybody got shut down. Alperen Sengun was actually just not active. He's dealing with a leg bruise, so he may pop back up here. And Usman Garuba, probably not going to be the long-term solution at center for Houston. Uh, but what this does do is it means Jalen Green is going to take so many shots, your eyes are going to pop out of your head. Great couple of weeks coming up for Jalen Green. And despite all the efficiency stuff, you might finally be able to use Kevin Porter for a week and a half because everybody else is gone. I thought we'd see something better out of Jay Sean Tate or KJ Martin, but they ended up kind of splitting power forward minutes, and that's annoying. We'll see if that continues. I'd, I'd love for one of those guys to actually pop up and be something. Atlanta blew out Oklahoma City. Trey Young, huge ball game, 41. Uh, DeAndre Hunter was back, but still no Danilo Gallinari, still no John Collins. So down two power forwards. That means Hunter starts at power forward. He's a really easy play if he's starting at power forward and all those other guys are out. Bogdan is a start. Herder's a start when all of this is going on. Two power forwards being down. We finally have enough addition by subtraction here on this Atlanta fantasy number. As far as Oklahoma City goes, above. let me use the Austin Powers line on you guys. Um, Isaiah Roby had a bad foul shooting game, but otherwise he's startable right now because he's kind of the only living center on that roster. Uh, Alexei Pokashevsky, he's a start. I know this wasn't a great ball game for him, but he's safe. Theo Maladon is one that I, I kind of went back and forth on on the last podcast where we reviewed the Thunder. With everybody gone, you can go ahead with him. It's going to be points and assists mostly. I think the efficiency is not going to be as great in most games as it was in this one. Uh, he's had a few good efficiency games in a row. I'm not picking up Lindy Waters, much as he had a nice ball game. I'm not picking up Olivier, Olivier Saar. I can't even pronounce Vit Krejci. I might have gotten that right. I don't know. He actually has the more interesting fantasy line of most of these guys. Just missed all of his shots, but five boards, five assists, two steals, made his free throws. Aaron Wiggins, I don't know. I, does Trey Mann reemerge? Maybe. A lot of these guys have been shut down on the Thunder, too, for the season. So I think for the, Ro the Roto side, you're going Roby, you're going Poku, you're going Maladone, and that's probably as far as I'd venture. Lakers got a little break with Memphis barely hanging on to beat a San Antonio team that all of a sudden now kind of wants to get their way into the play-in spot. They're a half game back of L.A. Uh, because of this one loss. They've caught up three games on the Lakers in the last week and a half or two weeks. Look out. Spurs are coming. DeJounte Murray leading the charge on that team. Tyus Jones filling in. Another good one. D'Anthony Melton, decent fill-in game. Not quite as impressive in this one. Dylan Brooks has been fine. JJJ's back. Yeah, no, no real surprises on either side. There's too many damn games with no real surprises. You're boring me, games. I need games with more surprises. What am I going to do with all this stuff? Yeah, for heaven's sake. <laughs> Kill, killing me with the lack of things to break down. Late games, Phoenix and Golden State and uh, New Orleans and Portland. 
Golden State, man, they fought. They hung in there pretty good. They uh, couldn't quite get over the hump. Phoenix able to hit a couple of key shots. Chris Paul had a quiet ball game, but did hit a few big buckets late. Devin Booker had one of his worst shooting games of the year. On the other side, Klay Thompson had sort of an equally terrible shooting game. But luckily for the Warriors, they have Jordan Poole. I got to tell you, I could not possibly be more annoyed with the way things have worked out for my head-to-head squads. I had Steph on a team that got eliminated when he got hurt. And now in the finals of another league, I'm going up against Jordan Poole, who was scoring, what, 16, 17 points a game when Steph was there, and now suddenly he's scoring 30 a night. The Steph injury might knock out two of my teams for two very different reasons. As far as fantasy stuff goes, again, not really anything here. You know, Otto Porter isn't good enough on a night-to-night basis. Klay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green now, officially, you know, he's playing enough to, to be fantasy good again, and then Poole. And on the Phoenix side, no surprise, it's, it's effectively the starters. When Cam Johnson comes back, things might shake up a little bit, but Jay Crowder continues to be good enough, doing his thing, rebounds, steals, and some threes. That's effectively, he's, he's the traditional 3 and D fantasy player. And then nothing else. New Orleans-Portland is kind of interesting, if only because Portland has closed the books on everyone this year. So Drew Eubanks is going buck wild. Fantasy, you know, silly season winner, basically, Drew Eubanks. Chris Dunn is still doing enough in assists and steals, where Tomas Sadoransky does a little bit more in the assists department. Dunn does a little bit more in the steals department. You've got these kind of roto specialist types floating around right now. And... Uh, and, and I don't want to make too big of it, a deal on this, but Ben McLemore is actually getting enough shots lately to be fantasy relevant because he's making between three and five three-pointers basically every single game. And even if you don't really do much else, that level of specialist appeal does make you fantasy relevant. I'm not saying you need to pick him up, but if you need a three-pointers boost, that's your guy on the roto side. As far as New Orleans goes... Uh, Valanchunas, four steals in this ballgame. That's a career high. Happened to be going up against him in my finals week, where Drew Jordan Poole sets a career high in points, and then Valanchunas sets a career high in steals. You just can't game plan for some of this stuff. With Poole, you figure he's going to score a bunch. But JV, you know, I thought my steals were well in hand, and then all of a sudden my six or seven steal leads became two or three, thanks to JV on the late card. Ugh, week to week. I, I hate head-to-head so much. There's so much random variance. It's the worst. Jackson A's had a good ball game, but he's not playing enough right now for this to for you to look at this and go, oh, this is sustainable. 22 minutes, yeah. Not going to get three defensive stats. Not going to get this many shots in 22 minutes. Most games, you do better when you play against Portland. That's sort of the book on it. CJ McCollum, not surprisingly, got off to a quick start back in his his old stomping grounds, and then the adrenaline wore off and the emotion wore off, and he was just sluggish the rest of the ball. He was dragging. Killed your free throw percent in the process. No defensive stats. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Brandon Ingram will be better in the next one, too. You know, New Orleans, they, they can pile up fantasy numbers, but now that the main guys are back, you're basically just looking at Herb Jones as a steal specialist, because he did get four of those, and then McCollum, Ingram, and JV. So, rolling it all together, from a Roto standpoint, it really wasn't that impactful of a night. I'm going to fly back through this thing. Uh, you know, I, you know, I, as Roto notes go, 
you sort of saw, okay, you could pick up guys on the Mavs on a back-to-back when you know someone's going to be out. Typically, that's Spencer Dinwiddie. Karis LeVert is back in the mix. Sato is, you know, he's cruising along at that specialist level. Goga Batadze, Jalen Smith on Indiana, that's something. Grant Williams is not a something. I guess that's... Scotty Barnes came off the bench, but that they ran Precious Achua to start the second half, but that's not going to stick. Damian Jones, field goal percent, but the Bucks were the, the blocks were ultra high. Nothing new on the Kings. Atlanta Wings. Thunder, post-shutdown. Eubanks done. I mean, that's really it. Like, this is a big card to only have that level of impact. That might be the way things roll from now through the end of the season. We'll we'll have a couple of change-ups going on. I you know teams will you'll start seeing rest days and they'll get announced in advance. And then you can kind of throw in a one-game roto deal. But we're playing out the string now, folks. All right, I guess that's about it. Under a half an hour today. Sheesh. Another reminder to follow me on Twitter. Another reminder to drop that five-star review on the podcast. I need you guys right now. I need you. Need those five-star reviews going into the offseason. I know it's annoying. I know. But we don't have any ads right now. Well, there's the stuff that our host provider drops in. But we don't have any live reads at the moment. So that's another reason shows are shorter these days. We've got like three, four minutes of ads pulled out. But that means i got to fill those with me yelling at you to drop a five-star review on the podcast. At Dan Bespris on Twitter. At BK. Oh, by the way. Um... Got a couple of questions if we do anything else over here at Sports Ethos besides basketball, and we do now. Uh, Sports Ethos will likely be opening a football division in the next two months, and we have a baseball podcast. The great Joe Rico, I put his names together, it's Joe Orico, uh, has launched Fantasy MLB Today, which is effectively the sister podcast to this one, Fantasy NBA Today, and it's Monday through Friday. He's breaking down... MLB, fantasy drafts, the best players at each position, mocks, all that good stuff. Same things we do in September, August, September. He's doing it right now for baseball. I stink at fantasy baseball. I need to turn my brain off from the day-to-day grind after the fantasy NBA season is over. You know, I love our off-season podcast. It's our deep dive stuff, but I I can't do the, like, sign in, check all the teams, do all. I need a break, and baseball would would pretty much smash that break. So I'm not playing it, but I am listening to his podcast because I kind of run the division over here. Sorry, it sounded like a jerky thing to say, but it's cool. It's like an opportunity for me to learn a little bit about the baseball fantasy side. I'm a big baseball fan. I like to kind of treat it as a joy now, and I don't want to turn it into work. But if you guys play fantasy baseball, you got to check it out. It's Fantasy MLB Today. That's the name of the show. You can follow Ethos Fantasy BB for baseball on Twitter. That's where those episodes are dropping right now. Ethos Fantasy BB, Fantasy MLB Today. Have a great today. It's Thursday. I figured that out while I was talking about it. Have a great Thursday. Tomorrow, again, we'll start getting you set for the weekend. We're done with long streaming stuff. I'll remind everybody again on tomorrow's show to just make all your damn moves on Saturday. And then a week of silly season. Wrap it all up. We'll talk some Roto strategy that last week, how you can maximize those last few games, squeezing things in. Make sure to use your games cap up. Probably talk about that a bit more on tomorrow's show as well. And then right into lessons learned for the offseason after that. No breaks here on Fantasy NBA Today. Iron Man Street continues. I'm Dan Vespers. Thanks again for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. So long.